Welcome to the InnerVoice.life podcast. InnerVoice.life, the voice of endurance sports. InnerVoice.life is a showcase of inspiring, moving, and authentic stories from the endurance sports world. We feature athletes who share their internal dialogue to give us a snapshot into their lives as athletes and most importantly, humans. I'm your host, Travis McKenzie. Thanks for joining us. Stay tuned for today's insight into the inner voice of the wonderful world of endurance sports. Cody Royal, welcome to InnerVoice.life podcast episode three. Episode how are you? three. Three. It's good. It's good there. I, I like this. I like our weekly catch up. Yeah, we've. Um, it's good to get in a routine. And I think it's good for the listener to get some more content. I think that's the biggest thing is uh, we get to see the backside uh, or the back end of some of these stories that get shared from our athletes. Um, and there's a lot that doesn't make the cut, so to speak, for the features. So it's cool to be able to share some insights from that. And then obviously we're getting feedback from our readers and people in the industry on a consistent basis. So it's nice to be able to give our listeners a bit of a insight into that as well. Um, yeah. It's like, it's like the, director's commentary on a dvd remember when you used to get that it's kind of gone away with netflix you don't really get a lot of the behind the scenes stuff anymore but the director's cut i love it yeah yeah at the the actor's commentary as well yeah um, all the they were too short though i remember on the dvd yeah. you get like a 30 second or a two minute snippet and then you have to get up or use your remote to choose the next one Exactly. That's why I think Netflix has nailed it when you don't get to uh, get out of the, off the couch because it just starts the next one. <laughs> Maybe we should look into that and just get yeah. thrown straight into the next story. Automatically read the next story. They do. One thing I've noticed though is sometimes after the credits, they'll have like a little funny, like, uh, I'll give you a better example. So my wife and I are watching Shameless right now and, uh, they after the credits sometimes they do a little uh funny like recap or kind of a little extra snippet and you miss it because right. netflix takes you to the next episode so there's about 37 seconds of shameless that i haven't seen um because of netflix efficiency so it's kind of like where they put the bloopers after the the show reel in the movies and unless you're one of the losers that stays around until right at the end you don't get to see it yeah i don't get to the loser is this guy i always stay like no we can't leave there might be some bloopers yeah there's there's always a will ferrell blooper right at the end of the movies and it's the most hilarious part of the movie yeah maybe they should just skip it like that was like uh like hangover 
right? That obviously a you know popular movie and everyone's probably seen it, but the real like the real quality in that was the the photos that they showed right at the end. You basically yep. all you have to do is watch that last one minute to get an yep. idea of what the movie's about. Yeah, exactly. Hilarious. Yeah. Yep. All right. So innovation, we're thinking about how we can <laughs> tap into Netflix's model of automatically just getting you into the next in a voice dot live story. Yeah, we'll see that coming shortly. Shortly. Don't hold your breath. No. No. Uh, um, so Craig Ritchie. Yeah, last week we featured Craig Ritchie. So last Friday. Um, what a what a cracker. What a great story. Um, as uh, we mentioned last week and as you would have seen, um, the reigning or current BC uh, Provincial Cyclocross Champion. Um, amazing story of someone who went to Europe, gave it their best shot um, and has come back and, and really made a career out of the bike industry, being a cyclist and really um, shared some great insight uh, into his mental battles that he has with himself mostly um, when he's racing. Um, yeah, what was some of the feedback that you got from, from Craig's piece? Yeah, it was funny. The, a lot of the comments on social media were about his um, – his note that he likes to ride without a power meter, um, which is funny to see what people take out of stories, but there was quite a bit of feedback about that and how um, I guess a lot of people see it as a, a waste of time. Craig mainly was mentioning that for him mentally, again, back to your point, he does it so that there's no bad days. And so, you know, rather than logging all the data and being able to go back and look at Monday, which was a shit day for him, he just forgets about it and moves on to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a, it's an interesting way because obviously cycling and triathlon and endurance sports, there's this movement of people who are data obsessed. So, you know, people who can't go out and run without their GPS unit turned on or their power meter or tracking it on Strava and, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. Obviously people are right into it, but it, for me, it kind of sometimes takes the, the joy of the activity um, out of it. And I think in Craig's example, he obviously is a cyclocross racer and that's a sport or that's a, a segment of cycling that isn't so much driven by the data. And there's a lot more of it that's skill and technical based and, tactical based so i think that kind of lends itself to craig as an athlete um but yeah it's an interesting um way to look at it that he was looking at the fact that it was he didn't want to have a bad day so the the numbers didn't represent that he wasn't as fit as he you know has been before or you know mm -hmm. could be in the future but yeah interesting uh that a lot of people picked up on that that one as well yeah I like that it's it's more of a it's not just someone uh, that's anti-data. It's someone that is, has a very specific reason, and it's a mental battle yeah. in terms of being an athlete as to why he doesn't like to do that. Um, not just I, you know, everything's data these days. Blah blah blah. He, he's got a very particular reason for him as an athlete as to why not. So yeah, um, yeah, really, uh, a lot of people can, um, picked up on that. Yeah. Yeah, I love that one. And then um, as we touched on just the way that Craig uh, touched on last week in the, in episode two, um, how Craig 
uh, takes the negative and kind of turns it into blind optimism to get through some of the struggles that he faces in a race. So that was, uh, that was another point that I found really interesting. And I think people related to that as well as a technique that potentially they hadn't used or had heard of before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this week, what have we got coming up? Cam die. Huge. Cam die. Big mic, mic drop. Yeah. Uh, what an absolute legend. I was, I was lucky enough to spend some time with Cam in Boulder, uh, just before Christmas when we were doing the photo shoot for this piece. And, um, he took me to, took me around to some of his hotspots in Boulder and he, uh, very clearly and quickly made it known that he's the one and only, uh, triathlete born and bred in Boulder. There's a lot of people who have made their lives there and have moved there but he's a he's a hometown guy so that was the first thing that he mentioned to me and i wanted to make sure that everyone knew that he's the Um, og he's the og of boulder triathlon um and yeah what a guy like just a genuine good person um loves his family loves the um loves the side of a triathlon that he just gets to go and put it all on the line. And if his best on the day represents a win, then so be it. And if it doesn't, he's not going to leave anything out there and leave nothing to chance. Um, And also realizes that there's more to sport, you know, his family's at home. They don't really care what kind of a day he has. Uh, You know, when he gets home, he's still a dad and his kids want to, play and kids want to be with dad and they don't really care about his uh his latest pr or whether or not he wins the race yeah yeah it's uh that's amazing you usually hear that about you know pets or something like that people talk about you know the dog doesn't care when i get home and he's he's lucky enough he's got his kids they couldn't care less what happened when dad was out of the house as soon as he's back they want to play yeah um but yeah this um this is my kind of guy. Like, you know, in his opening, he talks about wanting to be remembered as the guy that wanted to lead wire to wire. Yeah. He's always, and you know, the subheading is pushing the pace and um, people that want to be aggressive in sports and want to really kind of shake things up. I really gravitate towards those types of people. And so as soon as I read that, I wasn't surprised that I just kind of fell in love with the rest of his story and how he wants to be remembered. You know, it's something that, you know, I'm, I'm not from the endurance sports industry, but I've always wanted, you know, gravitated towards people that are interested in really pushing the barrel on things. And he's the first one I think that we've come across in, in inner voice anyway, who's come is like, I want to be the guy at the front all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And we actually talked about that um, when we were together and he talked about, and the listeners may remember this name, but there was a, an Aussie back in, uh, back in the day called Craig Walton. And he used to race in the same style. He would, smash the swim, usually lead by a couple of minutes, ride as hard as he possibly could, um, and then just hold on for dear life on the run. And, like, that was someone that Cam looked up to and uh, Matt Clark, who did the photos for this one as well, who is um, Sterling Ray photo and some of you may not know, but was an extraordinary triathlete in his day as well, um, talked about how Craig was someone that 
they both looked up to um, because of the style of racing uh, that you mentioned, where it's just wire to wire, go as hard as you possibly can, um, and see if you can uh, see if you can hold on and make it stick. Yeah, absolutely. And I like that he acknowledges that it fits with his personality as well. So it's not just, you know, he's picked this racing style or he just because he's good at swimming. So he's kind of, you know, forced into it. He's like, this really fits with the way I try to live my life as well. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, his whole world kind of comes together through how he races. So it's very authentic. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think um, just with that as well in mind, like it feels like, someone who races like that could potentially like, and I don't know if this is what you're alluding to, but lack that kind of thoughtfulness. So it's like, Oh, here's the way that's going to work. But what I took from cam and I think you were mentioning this is like, he's very thoughtful about why he does that um, because it does play to his strengths, but he's also very thoughtful in, you know, the way he lives his life. So it's full gas when he needs to be full gas, but when he's not, it's, you know, foot off the pedal, pedal, taking it easy, relaxing, enjoying yourself, having, you know, some whiskey and watching football and hanging out. So, um, you know, it, it's very much based on um, decisions that he's made in his racing and in his life as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he also talks a lot about how he's extremely habitual and he loves his routines and he talks quite at length about this. Um, and just to go back to that point, you know, falling into being a, a, a triathlete and how uh, habitual everyone needs to be and how dedicated they need to be over time and, and how that actually, again, going back to the last point, it fits with his personality and how he actually really likes the routine of it is, uh, is, is pretty unique because you, you have the other side too where um, you've got people who are, traditionally you know a little bit more freestyle and and really struggle to get into the day-to-day routine of it yeah Um, whereas he actually loves that part of the sport yep it's uh it's an interesting read for sure and cam's uh one of my favorites um now having spent time with him um and we really look forward to sharing the feature on friday uh february 2nd dropping at 9 a.m pst Cody, one other thought. Um, we had someone email and ask why. They asked us why we're doing Inner Voice and why we've put so much energy into it over the last 18 months. Um, and it, it's always a good reminder to really check into why you're doing a certain thing and what drives you to, to get better uh, week after week and for us feature after feature and connect with um, you know, the leading athletes within the sports um, that we cover, you know, being endurance sports for you. What is the, what is the, why, why are we, why are we here week after week doing what we're doing? I, for me, it's very much, you know, as a, a writer by trade and, you know, I've written a book and I've written blogs and I've, I've done all sorts of different content. And for me, you know, coming from the athlete world, it's just an understanding that there was stories that weren't being told about these athletes, particularly in endurance sports where it became very much about winning and um, people were only that the media were only covering winners and endurance sports is very much not about winning. It's about the process, 
and about everyone competing on the same day. And what I really liked about it, again, as an outsider is, you know, triathlon as an example is one of the only sports where the, the last person and the best person in the world actually compete in exactly the same format um, on the same day. And not many other people get that experience. You know, uh, a B-level basketballer never gets to play at Madison Square Garden against the Lakers. And so they don't actually fully understand what that's like. Whereas endurance sports is very much about that participation. And so then it's not about winning. And so what else is there? And, and the athlete journey and the hardships that they go through just to get to the start line is, is for me is the why, why, like, why aren't we telling those stories? Um, and, bringing those stories into the households of um, the people so that um, someone else who's struggled with depression or struggled with this or that actually sees themselves reflected in these high quality athletes and says, yeah, I'm like that too. And here's, you know, here's where I could get to if I applied myself to triathlon or cycling or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, I think for me, it's the vulnerability that we're able to share because I, I think that when you look at traditional media or you look at how um, a lot of athletes present themselves, it is like they're superhuman and it is like they are bulletproof and they can go through anything. But in reality, they're still human and they have lives um, and they have stresses and they have things happen that they need to deal with. And through all of that, they're still able to commit to the level of training and the level of work to be, you know, as good as they possibly can be. But the general public can see that and they can see that this person that we're sharing or the story we're sharing is very similar to their own and taking inspiration from that and taking the relatability from that and the vulnerability, I think gives our readers an opportunity to push themselves and know that, whatever comes their way, they can get through it because Cam Dye was able to do it or Ben Canute was able to do it or Cara Goucher or whoever it might be. Um, and I think you're right. There's these un- untold stories um, that hopefully we're able to bring to life um, and show, show people in, in, their, uh, in their rawest form, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, I forget who it was, but someone was talking about uh, being on a start line and basically having imposter syndrome. And, you know, this is, this is, you know, one of the top handful of uh, triathletes in the world and they're looking around at everyone else going, Holy shit, look at this guy. Like, you know, and being intimidated by it. And yeah, there, there's so many human interest stories that we've been able to tell that are relevant to, people inside the industry and outside the industry. Um, and, you know, I know a lot of people that aren't necessarily interested in endurance sports that just like reading that vulnerable side to these athletes, just because it's unlike anything they've ever heard from them before. So yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, much more to come to. Uh, and I like how unique each individual story is. It's, we're not telling the same story over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And uh, we're having a good time doing it and we appreciate all of the readers we have, all of the f- feedback we get 
uh, each week. So if you have any feedback or any thoughts or if there's anyone in your world that uh, we need to feature, please send us an email, stories at innervoice.life. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to sharing Cam Dye's feature this week. Um, many, many more interesting stories to come. And make sure you check out our podcast. Uh, this has been episode three. We look forward to bringing you episode four in the very near future. And, uh, yeah, all the best. Thank you so much for listening. We really love the opportunity to bring you the most inspiring stories from the world of endurance sports. Please make sure you don't miss a feature. Head to innervoice.life and subscribe. Also, stay tuned to this podcast as we bring you more great content and special guests over the coming weeks and months. Subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and make sure you share with your friends and loved ones. We look forward to sharing more inspiration from innervoice.life, the voice of endurance sports.